Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. So I want to start off the year with a positive speaking forth our faith. Amen? And the Bible says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. Uh, It said, now I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourselves firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, when Frank was uh, one of the Germans that was actually, uh, Jewish German that was actually brought before the Gestapo in the Holocaust, that whole thing, and they stripped him of his clothes, they brought him before the Gestapo naked, they took his watch, they took his wedding ring, They took all of his belongings and all the clothes. When he stood before them, he just remembered one thing. They can take everything that I have in this world, but they can't take the honor that God has over my life and my attitude. And the man kept the right attitude, even through horrific situations that confronted his life. And all of us at times will face things in our life. But how many know the attitude that we have today is going to determine the outcome of what we're going to have tomorrow? I've watched this. I've studied this, and I'm going to be sharing from my research on that today, okay? So let's just say I'm here today because I'm highly intelligent. I'm incredibly brilliant. I'm one of the smartest people on the planet. I'm destined for great things. I am creative. I am faithful. I am amazing. Masterpiece of all God's creation. I'm entering in, I believe, to the greatest days of my life. I'm a history maker. I believe that today's service is going to connect me to God's master plan because I've opened my heart to learn, to understand, and to grasp the very presence of God. I thank you that negative mindsets and strongholds will be abolished, banished, and the path the enemy has paved for my life will be broken down. I believe that I'm in the right place with the right people. And today, I choose the right attitude and right things will happen in my life because I'm thinking I'm pondering, I'm meditating upon God's things, upon the thoughts that God has. I believe that Jesus is alive and he's well. I believe he's breaking off everything of the old. I'm not living in what could have, what would have, what I wish should have, but I'm living by faith in the now, because now faith is the things of hope for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Thank you, Father. You've heard my words. I believe they're according to your word. 
and I receive them and I act upon them and say, be it done according to my faith. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Starting the new year off. Glory to God. I believe this with everything in me today, that what's on my heart to share is a word from God. It was confirmed while she was with me by people coming that were disconnected, people that were coming that were broken, people that were coming all the way after the service waiting for us and then down the halls and and, and even in the visitor's room. So I believe this is gonna be a word for you today. We had something else planned, Kathy and I, but I really felt a shift last week on this here when I was in, before I went into service planning with our team. Next to knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord, next to knowing him as number one in our life and our savior, I believe nothing is more important inside of our lives than having the proper attitude. I believe that many people are trying to change their minds and and renew their minds according to what the scripture says. And how many know we need to renew our minds? I'll say it again. How many know we need to? But the Bible teaches us, it says in the New Living, you will never change the behavior to the way you change the way you think about it. And I believe this with everything in me. The attitude is not just a gift that somebody has. I believe attitude is something that we could all develop. And I really believe with everything in me that by the end of this year's service, your life will be set on a pathway that's going to bring you into a year of breakthrough in 2017. Amen? So by the grace of God, we're going to minister his word. I want you to go in your Bible, if you will, to the book of Numbers 14, and they're going to put it up 23 in the New Living Translation. I want to just share your attitude can make or break you. Your attitude will heal you. It will repair you. It will restore you, or it's going to hurt you. Your attitude is what's going to help you to make friends, or it's going to cause people to become your enemies. It's going to also make you happy, fulfilled. It's going to make you complete in Christ because that's in your relationship. Or your attitude's going to make you miserable. You're going to live in a place of sorrow and defeat. Your attitude can also make you either success or a failure. Very interesting that we have biblical parallels to back everything that I just shared. And for time's sake, I'm only going to share uh, two stories today with you as I open up this here service. Number one is, we see 12 spies went into the promised land. And they were all leaders of tribes. And we saw the, of the 12 tribes of Israel. And we saw them that God gave them a mandate to go and to search out the land. And he says, I've already given you the land. The scriptures are very clear, and I'm not going to develop all of Numbers 12 and Numbers 13 but I will summarize it in this here simple statement. 10 of the 12 came back with a negative report. God actually called it an evil report. And God says, listen, God said, I've given you the land, and they saw all their inadequacies, they saw all their insufficiencies, and they also saw all the obstacles that were in the land, and they had all the excuses from what they had seen that why they couldn't do it and and, and why they shouldn't do it And then there was two that actually said, stood up, and their names was Joshua and Caleb, two of the 12, and they said, listen, we're well able to go in and take the land. And and the others drowned them out, literally, and the Bible says that whole generation died off because of the negativity, because of the evil report. For 40 years, they went wandering in a 37-day journey, and they went wandering, and how many know they could have been in the land in, in, in just over a month's time? But because of the negativity and the hindrance, that's why I said if you want to succeed in life, 
then there's an adjustment that needs to be made in your life and in my life, and it's got to be in that area of attitude. Come on. I have a whole message here on the positive aspects of, of what the right attitude does, but I'm really sensing, as I did in the first, to go in this direction. So in Numbers 14, 23, this summarized now what happened with Caleb, okay? And, and the scripture says, they will never even see the land. That's the 10, and that's the multitude of the people that were all 20 and up. It says, I swore to give their ancestors. And then look what he says. This is sad. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it, okay? And he said, but, everybody say but. But But my servant Caleb, what does he have? A different attitude. Now notice what it says over there, than the others. So apparently, the others had a different attitude. What was the different attitude? They were all negative. They were all whiners. They were all murmurs. They were all complainers. Come on. And it says, but my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants, come on, generations, will possess their full share of that land. Isn't it amazing that the scriptures actually teach us the difference between the negative ones and the positive ones? The ones succeeded, went in, and the others failed. The one, listen very carefully, was complete. They were happy. The others lived miserable lives. Everything that I stated right from the very beginning. I've learned over the years that attitude is the advance of our true selves. Your attitude reveals the real you, okay? What do you mean by that? Your attitude comes from the very core of who it is that you are. Your attitude represents your disposition, your outlook on life, your outlook, your very character. It reveals who you really are, your attitude. And there's people in the room that have an incredible attitude, an encouraging attitude, an uplifting attitude, a a just tremendous attitude, and it wasn't determined because of what happened to their life. It was determined because who's hanging out inside their life. And I've watched these here people, and they're the ones that flourish. I've watched these here people, no matter what hits them, no matter what trouble comes their way, they always come forth with victory on the other side. But I've also watched other people that have been soured because life wasn't fair. People weren't fair. I've watched others because they were betrayed. I've watched others because they they had unrelenting disappointments, and their heart was sick, and they never saw the sudden good break. Because they refused to rise up with the spirit that Joshua and Caleb had. Obstacles were there, but they overcame because they had the right attitude. And what I'm going to tell you today is give you some tools on what you can do so that you can overcome. Now, I don't know about you, but, but, but I've learned over in life that life isn't always fair. I've learned that people aren't always fair. I've learned that God's good and God's just, but people aren't. Come on. And how many in your life have ever exemplified an ugly? Just, just raise your hand. What do you mean by that? You said something that was ugly. Okay. How many know that ugly that you said is a revelation of an attitude? Well, that went over so well. Okay, just ask your spouse. They'll usually tell you, okay? And then, then I've learned this here. I've learned this here is sometimes we can have an attitude and we can say the right thing, but the tone that we said it in... 
I had a brother come to me this morning and said, man, you nailed me. I said, he said, you know, I say the right thing, but man, the tones, man. I said, he's, man, it's just, I'm just in my seat and it just nailed me, okay? Well, probably he's one of hundreds. <laughs> so how many have ever said the right thing, but you said it with the wrong tone? Come on. And then how, how, about, how about this here one, the look? The look of love. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had looks of daggers and probably given some looks myself at times. They say this here, and I'll, I'll just use the generic term, okay? Okay. They say that we can, we can exemplify some 1,334 looks. Okay, all kinds of looks. And, and, and how many know sometimes the look speaks a whole lot louder than saying anything? Just sometimes, man, the silent treatment look, you know, it's like, what, what's going on here? Come on. And then there's other ways that are going on. We can have an attitude that, of entitlement. Okay, we can have an attitude, a, a negative demeanor in life. We can look down and, and, and see what I've looked at is, is people that have been the greatest successes were not the ones that focused on the little things that were wrong. They focused on the big things that were right. And when they did that, the shift came from the little dot, because what, what happens inside of our lives is sometimes a little dot will hit our life, something negative, and we'll get stuck. Come on. We'll get hit, and then I'm going to share about Job's wife. Amen? Amen? Let's go right in, if we will, into Job's wife, and I want to share about a person that made an attitude adjustment that used to be, in my mind, a loser, used to be, in my mind, negative, and actually even put that in my first book. But how many know if 25 years later you grow in things and you grow in understanding? And how many know when we speak of Job's wife, it's usually never been in a favorable standpoint? Because in Job's darkest time, and Job and his whole world had fell apart. How many know his wife, his helpmeet, the supportive encourager comes to him and says, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? We don't know where she came from. We don't know the tribe. We don't know anything about her. We don't even know her name. We just know her as Job's wife. Come on. But have you ever thought for just a moment, I look back at that story today, and I said the insensitivity of Rick Shumachero to actually think and to say that she's a loser. To actually think and say that she had a negative attitude. Now, if you've ever been around someone that has had incredible pain in their life, I'll use my mother-in-law. She lost Kathy's sister, 40 years of age, a worship leader up in Newmarket in the Alliance Church. Incredible, incredible girl with three kids, small kids. And she died of a brain tumor. We came off the ship and we got the message. Kathy said, I feel I need to call home. There's something wrong. And her sister had an aneurysm broken. She died. And the pain that that leaves a mother, well, Mrs. Job, we'll just call her that. Job's wife didn't lose a child. She lost seven children at one shot. As a matter of fact, if you want to put it up in there, in the book of Job, chapter 1, 19, if you can, Job 1, 19, it says, suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and it hit the house on all sides. That's where all the kids were together. They were all feasting together, and look what happened, and the house collapsed, and what happened? Come on, and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. 
So here we are, Mrs. Job, how many know she lost all of her children? So how many know, how many know, listen very carefully, that's painful. That's sorrow, that's deep grieving inside of her. But I looked at this here when I started studying out this here book, and I started going in and I studied some things out in her life. How many know the whole testing that transpired with Job, it lasted to the best of the scholarly studies that I have read from, it lasted approximately nine months. But this is what I found out. This is what I found out. Job's wife is no longer, listen, the loser, Job's wife is one of my greatest heroes. And she did some things in the scriptures that helps each one of us. Because there's people in this room right now that have suffered loss. There's people in this room and those watching by live stream that the holiday for you is probably one of the most painful experiences that you've ever experienced. I know for me, Christmas almost 30 years ago was a nightmare for me. My whole world fell apart. And I remember years, even years, I said afterwards where when Christmas would come along, I just backed down. I, Kathy just would say years later, she'd say, you're really quiet. What's the matter with you? I said, nothing. But there was something in my subconscious that was still going on. And there was pain that was related with that. And so, you know, thank God for, thank God for care. Thank God for grace. And thank God for what I'm going to share with you today that will help you. And you don't have to stay in something for years. Can you all say amen? So here's the key. Here's the key. How many know everything that Job lost... God got it back. But he didn't just get it back, but he doubled everything that he lost in sheep, cattle, oxen. Come on now. In that, he, he, he gave him, and we know he's characterized by the double, but he also gave them seven more children. And four of them were sons, and three of them were daughters. And when I began to study it out, I didn't get this from a book, I didn't get this from a tape, but when I began to get this here out, and she had to go back, listen very carefully, into the tent. She had to go back in to connect with her husband. Even after all the pain, even after all the grief. even after, So she didn't shut down apparently emotionally because they had seven more kids. Okay, so I'm not going to develop that aspect of it. Okay? So all I'm saying is don't use it for excuses. Come on. Okay? But here's the key of what jumped out at me. When you study out the names of these individuals, of the daughters, and you'll find in many of them, it just says they had daughters. It doesn't mention their names. And many of the Bible, come on. It doesn't even, it counts the women, it counts the men, and then the women and children are all part of the number. Okay, but here, it's very amazing that the writer brings out the first daughter's name was Jemima. Come on, everybody say, and Jemima. Amen. I don't know if you've had pancakes this morning, and maybe if you did, you brought the syrup out there. Come on. And probably after the new year, we're trying to get Aunt Jemima light, okay? So we put it on our pancakes, or we put, come on, how many had Aunt Jemima, okay? Uh, it's the best. Come on. We actually use maple, but anyway, I'll leave it. But Aunt Jemima, okay, the first daughter's name was Jemima. And what it tells us about Jemima is, it literally means day by day. In other words, if we're going to get out of the ruts that the enemy has stuck us in, 
We're going to make an adjustment with our attitudes. But oftentimes, it's not just going to be, it's not just going to happen overnight. But it's going to happen when we take a step forward day by day. And sometimes it was even people that came to me after the morning service, and they said, man, you just nailed me. It just hit me right on the head, and it's exactly what I need to do. I'm paralyzed. I'm stuck. I've been this here way. And I said, listen, just start moving. Just start moving forward, even if it's only a little bit. Come on. Are you all with me? And so Jemima, the first daughter over there, and so what we need to learn, what we need to learn is just for today, Just for today, choose to display the right attitudes. Just for today, determine to act on important priorities. And just for today, follow healthy guidelines. And just for today, communicate with care to your family. And just for today, practice and develop good thinking. On the plane in just a few hours, I've got, I got one of John Maxwell's new books on, on thinking, okay? And just working that whole area of mind renewal and how important it is on thinking God's thoughts. Come on. Now be on there because I want to grow in that area. And then it's making the proper, keeping the proper commitments just for today. Managing your finances just for today. Deepen your life of faith just for today. Initiate and invest into your marriage and into solid, healthy relationships just for today. And seek and experience improvements inside of your life just for today. And then as you act upon all those choices and decisions just for today, you're going to notice that you're moving ahead today. And it's going to be a step by step. And then you'll be able to take the big giant steps as you're restored. And everybody said amen. The second thing that I learned about Job's wife is his second daughter, okay? It, it, her name is Kezia. And Kezia is actually from a Hebrew word, and it means kasia, that literally means cinnamon. And I'm not going to be able to, to develop this whole thing, but you looked it up in the dictionary, and it said, from the name of a spice tree. Well, that's good. And then kasi is called Chinese cinnamon. Well, that's good too. But then spice consisting of the aromatic, having an aroma, bark of the cinema, and cassia plant of the family, Lores. The cassia bark has a more pungent, less delicate flavor, and is thicker than cinnamon bark. So what, is this all, what does this all have to do? The thing that jumped out is the smell, the flavor, the aroma of cinnamon came up. And so she now was telling us something, that when she started off with the adjustment in her attitude day by day, the next thing that happened is there was a sweet aroma that actually went up. We could see after the earth was judged, after the flood of Noah came up, that Noah took the animals that were set aside for sacrifice, the clean and the unclean were separated, so the clean were brought for sacrifice, and the Bible says that aroma actually went up, and it connected with God. And God says, I'm never going to destroy the earth by a flood again. Amen. And then we could see over there Manoah in Samuel where it actually speaks about where in, in the book of Judges where the angel of the Lord actually came in the aroma in the fire where Manoah and his wife actually sacrificed and God gave him Samson. Come on. 
to deliver the judge. And so we can see this here is very, very important. And here's the key. Your life and my life are living fragrances that go up before God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this here. Be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Come on. How many know there's scents that actually attract God? You know, I'm going to tell you something. In the natural, we can tie that in too. You know, you can take Kathy to Costco right across the street. And I'll be checking out, and I'll go look for my wife. And she's usually by the tire section. And the car doesn't need tires. Okay, but she loves the smell of fresh rubber. Come on. She loves the smell of fresh rubber. She likes it new. She, and, and she goes in and she goes, hmm. And it's like, dear God, girl, this is crazy. Okay, she's watching my live stream. It's okay. Okay, and so anyway, so, so I'm too embarrassed to go over here to ask. So, so I went to the States one time to Sanskrit, and I just said, hey, I said, you got a piece of rubber? from a tire, and he, the guy looks at me and says, what for? I said, I don't need to tell you what for. I said, you got any samples or anything? He said, well, what do you need it for? I said, I don't want to say. So then he gave me a piece of rubber to put it by my nightstand. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave. <laughs> okay, there's an aroma that she's attracted to, and so when you're attracted to an aroma, that means you're happy. Well, put two and two together, guys. Don't look at me like, what's your wife like? She likes flowers. Well, go get her a bouquet and stick it by the side of the bed. Mine likes tires. <laughs> okay, are we doing a... <laughs> You'll never forget this one. Everybody look at somebody and say, Kezia! Now, I have so many notes on this that I can't even start. But I will tell you this here. When that aroma goes up, the benefits of cinnamon alone, it will calm inflammation. It will boost your brain function. It'll help you in weight loss. Man, everybody's going to be at the bulk food right afterwards. It will cause anti-cancer properties in your life, okay? It will relieve symptoms of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in children. And it'll also, listen, help in the area of diabetes support. I'm not going to get into all the stuff. I got all these studies and all the health aspects on it. So how many know, number one, if we're going to make an attitude adjustment, come on now, how many know we can start today and in one week, your life can be different? In, in two weeks, it can be. But let me just state, let's not try a week. Let's do it today. And let's make that adjustment today in our tones, in our faces, in our actions, in our attitudes, to just be appreciative for every good thing that God has done, amen? And not focus on what's wrong in someone else, but focus on what's right in someone else. And I found out when we focus what is right in someone else, it makes a whole lot, the little dot, a whole lot less. Come on. And so that's the same thing. If we focus on our inadequacies, come on, and we all have them, and our shortcomings. How many know that's the only thing? Listen very Whatever you focus on, you're giving fuel to. So let's focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher that started the good work. So everybody said, Jemima. And everybody said, Kezia. And then he had a third daughter, and I have to look at this here to pronounce it. It's Karen Hapuch. 
How would you like to name your daughter Karen Hapooch? Okay, now maybe I'm not pronouncing it right, but that's how I pronounce it, okay? It's H-A-P-P-U-C-H, okay? When I looked it up, this here meanings, there's actually several of them for this here third daughter. The number one is the meaning of shine, okay? And then I looked at it from this here standpoint. Another dictionary, the theological, the BDB theological dictionary says the horns of antimony, and I looked up that word, and it means beautifier. It's actually used as face paint. It's actually used as a cosmetic box with face paint in it. So I looked up horns, and horns are always used of strength, always used of honor, but always used of victory. So Job's wife gives us a simple day by day. If you're stuck this morning, and been mistreated, been abused, whatever it might be, then start moving forward and make that decision right at the beginning of the new year. And Des and Kim are, are, are going to act this year one out, and they're going to come up because I have a few closing comments that are very, very important for all of us to get a hold of, and then we're going to get you out of here. Man, I really, really dislike my job. Join the club. How long have you been doing it for now anyways? I don't know, it feels like three years, but it's, it's only been six months. Well, you lasted longer than most people. Maybe. Maybe it's time for a change. This was supposed to be my dream job. I worked so hard to get here. Now, I don't know, I wish, wish I wouldn't even have tried. Cheer up. Everyone here hates their job. You're in good company. Every morning, it starts with murmuring and complaining. I don't want to do that. I don't like that. Why do I have to do this? You know what? They're, they're like brats there. They, they, they don't work good together. And, and, and you know what? The competition there is insane. Sounds like every job I've ever worked at. <laughs> Stop staying at the office, boys. And that's another thing. I don't have an office. Oh, what? What does he need an office for? Hey. Every man needs his own office to get away, to find himself and reflect on lives and natures and stuffs. Okay, well, hey, look, I don't want to butt in in your conversation here, but honestly, this whole place is my office, and I absolutely, I absolutely love it. I mean, sure, it gets negative from time to time. So many people coming in here, sharing their problems, which ultimately translates into a whole lot of murmuring and complaining about what we have and what we don't have on our menu. But I don't run away. No, I face each and every one of my customers with the biggest smile on my face because I really purpose to make their day just, just a little bit brighter. And honestly, you guys can do the same thing in your workplace. I mean, like Monday, why don't you go on in there and give them some coffee and some donuts or something? Coffee. Okay, well, okay. how about you just take the time to listen and, and be interested in the things that they're interested in or, or pay them a compliment when they do a good job. So what you're saying is he should lie and bribe them with food and coffee and pretend like he cares when clearly they don't. No, that's not what I'm saying, not at all. Look, I'm sorry, I, you know, I was just sharing some of the things that I do to, you know, get through my shift, that's all. I've got a hunch that that brings in the tips. 
look, it has nothing to do with tips. I could care less about tips. This world is so negative enough. It doesn't need us to be negative with it. I just, you know, I just believe in positive attitudes because they bring about positive change. That's it. So what do you guys want to have? Uh, I'll have a chocolate milk. I'll okay. take a strawberry milkshake, sweetheart. Coffee. Black. Okay, all right. We'll be right back. <laughs> well, if you ask me, you put in your time. Now it's time for a change. I can't quit now. My, my wife would kill me. Listen, being a stay-at-home dad isn't cut out for everyone. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I just... Your job is being a stay-at-home dad? Yep. But it's not at all what I dreamed it would be. You... you get to stay at home with your kids and you're complaining about it? Wait a second. You don't know my kids. They're crazy! You... are crazy. And you're about to make me crazy. Let's stay positive here, guys. I... Listen, buddy. The attitude of your children reflects your leadership. So you are responsible for changing that environment. So if I were you, I would put on my big boy pants and face those little blessings like a man. Yeah, there needs to be change. Starting with you. This ain't no game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what's up? go get those drinks. I don't know why everybody was dancing and stuffs, but she put you in your place. Looks like it's time to put on your big boy pants. <laughs> you know, boys, I think we should change our work environment. Maybe be a little more positive. Yeah, right. Positivity and stuffs, of course. First thing Monday morning. No shot, is it? It's mine, but you know what? I'm gonna start right now. Milkshake's on me. Make that too, sweetheart. Make mine black. <laughs> I started off with this here. It's the advanced man of our true own selves. It reveals the real you, and it actually, your attitude comes out of the very core of who you really are. It can be our best friend or our worst enemy. It is more honest and more consistent than our words because the attitude won't lie and it won't mislead. It is a thing which draws people to us or repels people from us. I can't tell you over the years how people have said, they're not friendly, they're this, they're that, and I'm saying like, 
are you making a blanket statement about the whole church? Yeah, they're just unfriendly. They're, they're this and that. And I says, well, I can tell you the attitude you're bringing to me and the tone you're bringing to me tells me why people are repelled from you. And that's a true statement. And sometimes people will say, really, you mean that? And I say, yeah, yeah, I do. And then others will get offended and leave. <laughs> Come on. And I go, see, he, 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 he did this, he did that. Well, this is what I've learned. It's a thing which draws people to us or repels people from us. Our attitude will determine the success or the failure of every relationship in our life. It will never be content until it's expressed. And I've learned this here is you can never trust people that have a bad attitude. They will do things that you never thought they could do and say things that you never thought that they would say. It's also, John Maxwell said this, the librarian of your past. It's book after book. It's usually consistent and it's the speaker of our present where we're at. It's the prophet of our future. You can tell 100% of the time what course and what road that person's going on from the attitude that they're showing. I've seen this here. Good people get soured. They get bitter. They get around a group of negativity people. And those negativities, they meet together and all they do is feed one another. And then they feed, they feed, they feed. I can tell you the road that those individuals are on. In every one of our lives, there's a positive side and there's also a negative side. The choice as to which one we will focus on, which one we will feed, and which one we will nurture is totally up to us. But how many know everybody's got a little dark side? Come on, everybody's got a little attitude. Come on. How many can relate? Just If you can relate, just raise your hand. Wave it at me right now. Didn't say you got to keep it, but we all got it. Whenever you have an individual or a group of people filled with a bad attitude and wearing a loose lid, trouble is bound to happen. Things will rapidly deteriorate and turn negative. A fact of life that is very, very simple is that your attitude will determine your course of performance for your life. You know, when I started really working on this here message, I, I sense that there's people here today, and there's some, not all, that are pretty broken. Your life has taken a spiral course. It's turned into a nightmare. It's gone from actually worse to worse, and things continually keep going downhill. It seems like the bottom has fallen out of your world, and everything has fallen right down on top of you, and you're actually even weary this morning, you're overwhelmed this morning, and you're living very discouraged. Your hopes and dreams are being totally disintegrated before your eyes, and, 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 and today, maybe God just brought you here just to stop you in your tracks, just to look at where you're at and look at what's going on, and how is your response towards all the things that have happened in your life because today can be a new day. You can shift out the works of all. You can change your attitude and you can empower you. It can empower you like it did Job's wife into the place of day by day, to the place of a sweet aroma and to the place where you're gonna be your strength and the victory is coming back into your life. Or you can take the choice and get upset with Rick for telling you the truth. I've learned that our attitudes towards God are huge. It should be that of reverence, 
submission, love, trust, and prayerful. Our attitude towards God's children should be forgiveness, love, consideration, caring, encouragement, unselfishness. And after reading the book of James for almost one year, almost every day, also impartial towards any person. If partiality is taking place, then something is wrong inside and an attitude is exemplifying to reveal that it's time to make an adjustment inside of our lives. How's our attitude towards authority? Our attitude should be that of respectfulness, cooperative, accountability, humble, encouraging and loyal, not resentful, defiant or even disrespectful. Our attitude towards hard circumstances, everybody knows that one, is probably the greatest challenge to live that one, but count it all joy. Can you all say amen? Our attitude towards our church should be that of respectfulness, cooperative, helpfulness, participating, and encouraging. Our responsibility in life is our attitude should be a faithful as the stewards of God. How's our attitude towards unfairness? Our attitude should be patient, humility, and confident in God's justice because the Bible says that one of the requirements of God is to do justly, walk humbly, come on, and love mercy. How about the disappointments are tragedy? Our attitude should be that of humility, submission to God, and confidence again in God's fairness. And how about to the lost? Our attitude should be that of compassion, of reconciling them to God, actually caring about them and reaching out to them, not just pointing the finger at them and all their shortcomings. It's the goodness of God that led me to repentance and leads all of us. How about to sin? Our attitude should be unsympathetic, reconcilers of the repentant when they make the change and they, and they make an attitude. We should be the reconcilers. How about to success? Our attitude should be that of humility and gratefulness and recognizing that God is the one that has done it. God's the one that has blessed us. So how can we, as we close this here service off, how can we actually make the right choices? How can we make, what can you and I do to make our attitude adjustments? Let's all stand together. And I want you to say this out loud. Make the right choice by speaking right words. Speaking what God's word has to say. Come on. Number two, no matter what happens, listen carefully. Look for the good in the situation. So no matter what it is, there's going to be good that's going to come out of it. You know, the Bible even says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. So in that place of pain, look for the good that comes out of it. I look at my life and I look at Kathy's life and, and, and I look at this church and I can share many, many circumstances and many situations, but I can tell you for this here, we have chosen to be believers that whatsoever things are good, truth, pure, lovely, and of a good report, we're going to think on those things. Because so many of the others comes our way. But we have chosen, this is what we're going to renew our minds to. This is what we're going to think. And so I can't tell you, I could confidently say it hasn't been hundreds, but I can confidently say it's been thousands over 40 years that have came with negatives. And by God's grace, I've always tried to turn it around into a positive. Can you say amen? amen. Number three, <laughs> Feed. What is it that you are feeding on? Whatever you feed, whether it's the flesh or the spirit, is what's going to grow. 
And so you feed on the word of God this year in 2017. You feed on the forgiveness that he's given to you. And because you freely received his forgiveness, you go and give it to someone else. Come on. And you watch with you how strong you're actually going to become. And then finally make a choice to replace, listen carefully, the old strongholds that come. How many know sometimes habits are formed inside of our lives that are slanted from negative parents or negative situations in life, and then we just continue to do it? But we're going to make it where we're going to replace the strongholds. And we speak of strongholds, it's not necessarily just demonic. It's actually a mind that is set on a formula or an opinion. Well, it's just the way I am, and this is my personality type. Well, you know, one of the things I've learned is that because the personality types tells me what my strengths are, but it also tells me my weaknesses. And so I have made it a decision to work on every one of those areas of weaknesses. And I can tell you over 20 years since we've taken the disc and all those other things, some major adjustments have been made inside of my life. And it's also given me a perspective of how I can see people. Not a ride, but it's here on the right road. Amen? I'll close with this here story. Has anybody been out to, anybody have ever been out to Western Canada, the prairies out there? And there's some very fertile areas, but how many know there's some real dry areas? Come on. And, and, and what I've learned, and listen to this illustration, if you will, where it's hot and it's dry, you'll oftentimes see very many carcasses, and you'll see some dead animals. You'll also see two birds. You'll see the vultures, and you'll also see the hummingbirds. They're both there in that dry climate. Amazingly, both the hummingbird and the vulture fly over the desert areas, and all vultures see is rotting meat because that is what they're looking for. They're looking for an animal that's died they're looking for something that's already dead, roadkill, whatever you want to call it. It's already down. They thrive, whatever it is they look for. They thrive on that diet. But the hummingbird's a little bit different. They ignore the smelly flesh of dead animals. Instead, amazingly, they look for the colorful blossoms of the desert plants. The vultures live on what was. They live in their past. They fill themselves up on what is dead and what is gone. But the hummingbird lives on what is. They seek new life. They fill themselves with freshness in life. And each bird finds what it's looking for because we all do. I want to just exhort you today as we leave. Some of you have been feeding over dead carcasses, bitter situations, some of you have been feeding over your past failures, your past mistakes, your addictions. And that's all you've been feeding at is the rotten, broken carcasses that are just dead on the road. But if you'll start in 2017 and be like the hummingbird and looking for the living plants and the living food, come on, and start feeding on that, then you're going to have a song back in your heart. And you're going to have a step in your walk. Come on now. And it's not going to be with your head hung down. It's going to be with your head lifted up. And you're going to have a new song and a new sound. Come on now. Because you're with the right people in the right place at the right time. Come on now. And you're getting fed the right food that's going to put you on the path for 2017. Amen. Father, I bless 
every man, every woman, every teenager and child that is hearing the sound of my voice and those watching by live stream today. I bless their marriages, their families, and I pray that our homes would be the strongest homes in history. I pray that the adjustments that we would all make on our jobs, the quit making excuses for that one or this one or that boss or this one, quit making excuses for our government, quit making excuses for criticizing this or that or the gas prices or heating prices or the carbon tax and everything else. But may we be the most grateful people. And that's not saying we don't vote for righteous government. That's not speaking of that. But may we be the most grateful people in Windsor, Ontario, and those watching by live stream, wherever they're at, that together we can bring honor to you. So forgive us. Everybody, let's just say this. Father, forgive us of our attitudes that have not brought honor to you. Forgive us of our attitudes between one another, towards the body, towards even the church at times, and towards our nation, towards our city, and towards possibly even refugees. God, today, we repent, and may we see one another through the eyes of grace, through the eyes of gratitude, that together we'll appreciate all those that we come in contact with that are crowned with glory and crowned with honor. God bless you guys. God bless. God bless you guys, man.